So the words that we heard at the beginning of the service, the invitation to a holy Lent, they're kind of sobering words. Listen to them again. I invite you in the name of the church to the observance of a holy Lent by self-examination and repentance, by prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, and by reading and meditating on God's holy word. That's kind of heavy, isn't it? That's not a seeker-sensitive way of doing church. I invite you to the observance of a holy Lent. I find that it's easy for a lot of us to get off on the wrong foot in a season like this. So some of us, I I think it's the minority, but I know there are one or two at least, are just stubborn enough to view Lent as a personal challenge and a test of our mettle, an opportunity to show how long we can fast and how many things we can fast from. We approach it with a glee. It's, uh, the rest of us find that strange, but there are people like that. Others of us have experienced enough failure that we say to ourselves, well, I know I'm going to mess that up, so I'm not going to put forth much of an effort. Both of these paths, looking at it as a challenge or looking at it in this kind of self-defeating way, both of them come at Lent as if it's on us. If we're disciplined enough, if we're sacrificial enough, God might do something special for us. Do you feel it? Both of those paths make it as if it is on us. And it's really important for us to start this season in the right place by remembering who God is. Psalm 103 that Alec just read is a reflection on God's heart toward his children. Listen to parts of it again. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And then the psalm goes on with this litany of the benefits of the Lord, of knowing him. He forgives all your iniquity. He heals all your diseases. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor does he repay us according to our iniquities. As far as the east is from the west, this impossible distance, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. How do you receive that for yourself? Do you hear that as a word directly to you and your own soul? That as far as the east is from the west, so far does the Lord remove your sins from you? Do you, do you experience that in the depth of your being that the Lord sees you in that way? This is God's heart toward you. God is not angry with you for being weak and for being human. Other people in your life may be angry at you. God is not angry with you for that. His anger does arise when people repeatedly refuse his love. We need to be honest that God does get angry. 
But even then, as soon as we're willing to turn to him, his anger quickly subsides. He will not keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins. He does not repay us according to our iniquities. The only reason that a Christian should practice Lent, a season of sacrificial preparation, is because we know God's love for us in Christ Jesus. For our sake, Paul says, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Lent is a time for treating our faith with a grave seriousness, but only because of God's love. Because of his desires for us in Christ. They are such a high bar that we cannot be seeker sensitive when it comes to our faith. He has forgiven us and he looks on us with the same love and the same pleasure that he looks on his own son. That's how he looks on you. This is the right foot on which to begin the Lenten season. God's love for you in Jesus Christ. You will not earn greater love no matter how well you perform this Lenten season. But also, you will not lose love by how poorly you perform this Lenten season. Both sides are true. What is possible, though, is that you could experience God's love in a deeper and more profound way because of Lent. You're not going to earn greater love from God, and you're not going to diminish His love for you. But you might, by God's grace, experience His love more than you have before. You might experience deeper fellowship with God, a deeper freedom in relationship to Jesus Christ if you take your faith very seriously in this season, if you intensify the way in which you are committing your life to God, you might experience a richness of his love that you haven't experienced in the past. A greater intimacy. Just the way that a husband and wife who agree to, we're going to work on this, receive the reward of a deeper intimacy together, you can, by God's grace, and committing your life more deeply to him, experience more of his love. So this is the gift that's offered to us in Lent, that by treating our faith with a grave seriousness, with God's help, we can experience His grace in deeper and more profound ways. There's another side of the coin to this, though, again. The other side of the coin is that we diminish ourselves when we refuse to live into God's love. We are less than what God has made us to be. And we are experienced less of what he has made us to experience in relationship to him. The Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Corinth, We appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. What could that mean? How is it possible that you or I could receive God's grace in vain? We experience God's grace in vain when we do not allow His grace to do in us what God wants to do in us. God gives you 
His grace, His fatherly love, and His forgiveness, so that you and I can experience freedom and life in the midst of the brokenness and sinfulness of the world. We can experience light in the midst of darkness. But to experience freedom and life in God's grace does take effort. It does require sacrifice. So Paul goes on to speak of the way that God's grace has borne fruit in his life. How he has not received God's grace in vain. Listen to what Paul says. As servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way. By great endurance, in afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger, Boy, that would be a fun Lent, right? Experience all those things. By purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, the Holy Spirit, genuine love, by truthful speech and the power of God, with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left, through honor and dishonor, through slander and praise, we are treated as imposters and yet we are true. As unknown, yet we are well known. As dying and behold, we live as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, and as having nothing yet possessing everything. Paul is describing here the evidence that he has not received God's grace in vain in his life. Instead, God's grace in Paul's life has produced a life of sacrifice and radical service to God. Now, None of our lists are probably going to look like that, right? But there's still the question, are you experiencing God's grace in vain? Or is it producing a fruit of sacrifice and service to him? Lent is a season in which we heighten our sacrifice before God to ensure that with God's help, His grace toward us isn't in vain, but it's producing fruit. We ask God that His grace would bear more fruit in us. What what kinds of fruit of God's grace would you like to see in your life? Surely there are things, burdens that you carry, habitual sins, habits of behavior that you would like to be rid of. That's what Lent is about is leaning into the mercy of God in those places in your life that you know you still need to experience the transforming work of His grace. Perhaps you would like to see a deeper peace in your life, less anxiety and fear, maybe greater patience and less anger and kind of biting at people. Maybe healing in your marriage or another relationship. Or what about addictive behaviors in your life? Lust, pornography, or alcohol. Will you, with the help of God's grace, commit yourself to the observance of a holy Lent? By self-examination and repentance, by prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, and by reading and meditating on God's holy word. Will you commit yourself, with God's help, to a holy Lent? We're going to start tonight by repenting together. 
and hearing God's promise of forgiveness over us. I want to encourage you to keep doing this throughout the season of Lent. Make repentance a regular practice throughout the season of Lent. If you'd like to confess your sin with someone this Lent and receive the assurance of God's forgiveness, all of us need to hear other people sometimes telling us, you're forgiven, you're loved. That's part of what God has called pastors to do, is to tell people you're forgiven and you're loved. If you need to hear that during Lent, touch base. I can make sure you're hearing that. As we move through the Lenten season, will you set aside time to pray, to seek God's friendship with you in Christ? Intimacy. Set aside some time each day when you're going to do that. Will you fast? Whatever that has to look like for you. We've provided some guidance on what that looks, can look like. But will you fast? And will you give sacrificially to God's kingdom? And will you read and meditate on God's holy word? We've provided tools to try to help you do this. There are many tools available. You're not alone in figuring this out. Don't try to come up with your own way. Receive what's given. All of this is to be done knowing that God has loved us in Christ and desires for us to experience more of his love. So it is assured of that love that we can move deeper into the practices of Lent, trusting that God will bring us further up and further in to the boundless depths of his mercy. His love is absolutely boundless for you. You can always experience more. So will you commit yourself to a holy Lent? so that you might experience more of the love of God in Christ. Amen. Now, we are going to provide an opportunity for you to come forward and to receive the imposition of ashes. The purpose of this is in a symbolic way to hear and be reminded of your dependence on God for eternal life. All of us, barring Christ's return tonight in the near future, all of us will die. And we need to hear God's promise of eternal life in Jesus Christ and put ourselves completely dependent on His mercy.